Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience Head-to-Head Hot Seat Tournament. I am your host, Mike, here with you with the third game of my particular region of our bracket, the lower left region. And here with us tonight, I have two great contestants and I'm super excited to see how this game is going to go. First up, you know him, uh, you love him, tolerate him, uh, but you definitely know him if you're listening to the Pub Trivia Experience on the reg, the Simon to my Garfunkel, the Hall to my Oats, Mr. Chris Ligori. How are you doing and what are you drinking? Uh, Mike, I am doing well, and I figure if I'm going down, I'm going down in flames. <laughs> so this is a bottle. This is a bottle kill announcement. Ooh, My ooh. bottle of Stranahan's single malt cash strength whiskey, Rocky Mountains pure cash strength whiskey, uh, uh, single malt whiskey. A store pick from right here in uh, what's the what's the uh, the Corona Cigar Company right here in Tampa at Davidoff. Oh, okay. This is a cheap bottle, y'all. It's a $35 bottle. It is worth every penny. It is one of the best whiskeys I have had in a long time for that price point. And the bottle's gone. And there it goes. So you guys can attest the bottle is empty. Yes, sir. And because I am a firm believer in uh, burning things to the ground before I start anew, I've got another bottle right here next to me that I'm sure will be opened about the time the... The hot seat starts. <laughs> All right. well, we'll, we'll see about that. I've, oh, I hopefully, okay. um, hopefully my pregame doesn't do you in too badly there, but, uh, oh, um, quick question about Tampa. Are you in the Gasparilla area? Uh, no. Okay. God, no, okay. I, am not, <laughs> I am not that young, nor am I that much of an amateur to go drinking during Gasparilla. I stay home. Gotcha. Okay. Fair. In, in, in your youth, right. In my youth too. Even then I didn't go. I remember in that, in the late eighties, um, that particular part of town was the first, one of the first places in the country to put surveillance cameras, like on streetlights and stuff. I believe. And it. it was a huge uproar about that. People were so pissed. They did not want to be videoed while they were out and about, you know, and now. Yeah. In that area of town, I do not blame them at all. Uh, well, <laughs> well, you, you heard him folks. Let, let's, let's meet him. Chris's opponent for tonight is a man that I am just now meeting for the first time, but I knew him uh, by reputation thanks to uh, one of our other co-hosts, Tim. Uh, this is Ken. How are you doing tonight, Ken? Doing well. Doing well. Everything and Venus and Mars are doing all right tonight. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. 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 Ken, are you drinking drinking anything fun tonight? Uh, yes. Is this uh, Diet Coke right here? Diet Coke. Ah, yes. Yeah. Brand placement, you know. Uh, that's abs- absolutely. Hey, that's okay. Three points, right? Is that if if Diet Coke wants to sponsor the pub trivia experience, they are more than welcome to do it. I'm always looking for things to mix my whiskey with. So Diet Coke or regular? No, Diet Coke. You just send the, send the money. Check. Yeah. <laughs> no. A- absolutely. Uh, well, well, gents. Of course, I I am bringing the uh, the drink tonight. I'm bringing the beer, uh, and I have earned this today for two reasons. Number one. I spent about the last hour prior to this recording wearing a tiara and pretending to put on lipstick and a bunch of things like that because I have a four-year-old daughter and that's the thing that she's into now. No one cares about your nightlife, Mike. <laughs> yeah, live how you want to live, man. You know, you, know, you do you, bro. You do you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and number t- and number two because I had uh, this will mean something to all of y'all. I don't know how much it will mean to our listeners, but I had uh, I scored a beer in Learned League today. Oh, my nice. first oh, one. Weird. Yeah, you Bravo. did. I was I was very pleased about that. And I I I chose this particular beer because I knew that it would make Chris's mouth water a little bit. Mm, this yeah. is the Hoppin' Frog Infusion A Coffee Porter. Oh, that does sound wow. good. Let's see. Is Hop- I should have looked this up ahead of time. Is a Hoppin' Frog? Yeah, Hoppin' Frog is the brewery. It's out of Akron, Ohio. <laughs> that would make me want to go to Akron. Let's pop that. Away. Ah, there we go. My goodness. That was a little harder to open than I'm used to. It is, but it is a uh, chocolate and peanut butter style. Wow. Order, so yeah. And Mike, as we mentioned in our group chat earlier, the fact that you got the right Bronte sister is impressive. The fact mm-hmm. that that's the only Bronte sister I could name by name is even more impressive. Yeah, for, for sure. The other two. I literally thought that she was the one. No one, no one knew, but apparently I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I totally fouled that one up. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Bronte sister. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that's like Bruno. We don't we don't talk about them. We don't talk. We don't. We don't talk about them. Oh my lord! 
I've got a 14 month old grandson who loves that song. I he have no doubt. Yeah. It, you know, yep. you, you can take him, dance him around and he'll, you know, just do all that spinning stuff. And oh yeah. Both, both my girls love it too. Yeah. You know, it is just, it's for that generation. I think it's a touchstone, but, uh, sure. But I'm glad I'm glad we got the singing out of the way. There might be there might be some more, uh, depending on how much bourbon Chris drinks throughout the night. But uh, we'll we'll dive in right into our game. Uh, as a quick reminder to our listeners and uh, to our two contestants tonight, our game is structured as follows. First, we're going to have a pregame. It's basically it's designed to be very quick. It's a 50-50 yes or no. Uh, type of answer, and I'll explain it when I get to that round. There's, those are going to be one point apiece for each correct answer. And for each incorrect answer, you don't lose anything. Uh, so, you know, f- obviously feel free to guess. The only time you, you have a chance to lose anything is in the final round. But after the pregame goes to our main game. And our main game is going to be, it's the main event. It's the hot seat head-to-head challenge. So, I'm going to uh, ask Chris a question and he'll give me an answer. And again, no punity for a wrong answer. He gets a point if he gets it correct. And then I'll go to Ken and I'll ask Ken an answer. And it's just back and forth. These questions are completely randomized. We got a, a huge uh, grab bag of trivia questions and I pulled out about a hundred. We won't get through all of them. I don't think we've gotten close uh, in my, in my first game in particular, but um, so you could get a whole bunch of questions that are right in your wheelhouse the other person get a good, a whole bunch of questions that are right in your wheelhouse while you're getting questions about, I don't know, women's fashion or something like that. So just a weak subject for me. You guys might be great at it. I don't know. In Canto, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And after that, we will move into our wager round. Now, our wager round at that point, you will have accumulated a certain amount of points. In the wager round, you will have three categories and you can wager your points up to your total amount of points spread out across those three questions in any way that you want. So if you end up, if you end with 30 points, you can put all 30 on one question. You can go 10, 10, 10. You can raise your zero across the board. It's entirely up to you. And I will give you each of those categories when we get to the wager round. Okay. Quick question about that. Am I allowed to um, use the winnings from a previous wager to then assign points for the next one. So say I get 30 points on question one. Can I then use those 60 points on question two if I wanted to? That is that is a fantastic question, something that I should have been better about clarifying in my prior recordings too. But no, you all of the wagering occurs up front. So you only have the wager you only have the points that you've made in the pregame and the hot seat to wager across all three questions. But that is a fantastic clarification. Thank you. Mike, we're wagering just on the categories, right? Not on the questions themselves. Yes, I will give you the categories. We will hear a quick word from our sponsor while you guys are coming up with your wagers. If you're anything like me, you think way too long and way too hard about your wagers. Uh, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. All right. Does that sound good to everybody? Everybody get the, understand the rules of the game? I'll drink to that. Go ahead and light the candle. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. All right. For tonight's pregame. I went with a backup category. My original category was going to be called Alfred or Stanley. And I was going to give you a last name and you had to tell me whether the first name was Alfred (laughs) or Stanley, because I really, really, really wanted to bug Chris, but that would be very mean. I couldn't find enough names that weren't exceedingly obvious that I thought might even be gettable for that particular category. So instead I went to another category that I uh, am particularly fond of wine. So your pregame category tonight is in wine. The International Organization of Vine and Wine, or OIV, tracks per capita vino consumption by country. For this pregame, I'm going to give you a country that was in the top 20 in the year 2020, according to the OIV. But you need to tell me if they were drunk enough to crack the top 10. Hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, Mm -hmm. Clarification question. Is it per capita or is it gross volume? It is per capita. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, Chris is going to get the first question. And here we go. Chris, your country is Sweden. So per capita, I, I'm i going, they're in the top 20, but not in the top 10. Sweden, my mind says no. Would you go with a trick this early? I'm just going to go with it. I'm going to say no. Sweden did barely crack the top 10. Whoa. They came in at number nine at approximately 27 liters per person. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's the kind of volume we're talking about. Holy shit. 
that's a lot of wine. That's uh, that actually that's actually in in the mod household. That's that's seems about right. Part okay. of course. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Actually, probably significantly more in the mod household. So is this per annum or is it per month or what? This is per yeah. year. Per year. Okay. So this is for the year of 2020. Okay. Bad year. Oh, COVID. I should have known that. Yeah. Consumption's going to be up. I didn't even think of that factoring into this, but that's another thing you have to consider. That's a very good point. All right. So Sweden was at number nine at 27 liters per person. Ken, mm-hmm. your country is South Africa. Mm. I'm going to go. Yeah. Top 10. South Africa makes very good wines, but they did not crack the top 10. They were actually number 18. Oh, so wow. Okay. 7.4 liters per person. So we are zero, zero still. <laughs> That's all right. Still anybody's game. It's way early. Chris, your country is Austria. Yeah, I'm going to say Austria, yes, just because of it, just because it's so close to Italy and France. Your instincts serve you well. Austria came in at number five, 29.9 liters per person. All right. Ken, your country is the similarly named and otherwise not similar at all, as far as I know, Australia. Top 10. They are similar in one other respect. That's correct. They are top 10. In fact, they were number six, just below Austria with wow. 27.8 liters per person. I believe it. Chris, your country is Canada. So I know there's a good, a, a decent Canadian wine grouping, especially out on the West coast of Canada. I know they're really big fans of their whiskey and they're big fans of beer. So I'm going to actually say, no, they're not. And no, they're not is a correct answer. They only came in at number 15. A couple things Canada can't do. Drink wine and play hockey. Let's go. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> all right, Ken, your country is uh, right in all of our wheelhouses. It's the good old U.S. of A. Hmm. Per capita? No. No. And you are correct. We are actually losing mm-hmm. to Canada in that particular category. We're just behind them at number 16. I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel a little bit of shame about that. <laughs> I'm willing to bet we beat him in beer. I know for a fact we beat him in beer, and I'm willing to bet we beat him in whiskey, too. So Yeah, that's, that's, that is fair. All right, Chris, your next country is the Netherlands. You gave me Sweden earlier. Now we're going to the Netherlands. Okay. Um, that little country that I always forget about next to, next to Belgium, right? <laughs> um, it's bigger than Belgium, but yes, it is next to Belgium. It's next to Belgium. It's, the, it's France, Belgium, Netherlands, right? Up on the coast. Okay. You're asking me a geography question? I'm just... But yes. Lord God. Uh, the Netherlands. You know, it does seem like something they would do, being that they ride a lot of bikes. It seems like it'd be something that would kind of fit in with that. I don't know why that's how my mind connects things, but I'm going to go yes. I don't either, but it served you well because that is a correct answer. The Netherlands actually just squeaked in at number 10. Ken, your country is Spain. Definitely. I would thought so too, but Spain just missed at 11. Oh, wow. They're that low. Yeah, I, I had the exact same reaction. All right, Chris, we're moving next door to Spain and going with Portugal. I'll be in Portugal in January. Sweet. My older brother just got engaged to a lovely Portuguese woman, so... Oh, wow. Congratulations, Eric. Uh, haven't been there yet. Mm. I know she has a a, a proclivity for wine, so she does favor some wine. Uh, Portugal next to Spain. You know what? I'm bucking the trend. I'm going to go yes. Yes was a great answer because Portugal, believe it or not, number one with a bullet. Holy shit, really? Yes, they are. 51.1 liters per person. Well, at that wedding next year, we're bringing that up to 52. That's There you go. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. All right, this is the final one, Ken. It goes to you. It is Argentina. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Yep. Argentina comes in at number seven. Mm-hmm. Oh, that low? Yeah. Wow. So okay. I should have had this prepared ahead of time, but I'll just pull up the list real quick to read off the rest of the top 10 in case you're curious. All right, as I said, Portugal was number one, Italy number two, France number three. I felt like both of those were pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Switzerland, number four. They may be neutral about a lot of things, but not about wine. Austria is number five, as we said. Australia, number six. Argentina, number seven. Germany was number eight. And uh, rounding up the top ten, as we talked about, were Sweden and the Netherlands. But well done, gentlemen. Uh, Hope you enjoyed that pregame. I thought that was was a fun one when I came across those particular facts. Because there were a couple countries in there that surprised me. After our pregame, we have a score of three for Chris and two for Ken. So if you guys are feeling all 
warmed up and loosey goosey and ready to dive in, we have our hot seat challenge waiting. So here's how this is going to go. I'm going to start the 30 minute timer after I read the very first question. It's going to go to Chris and then we're just going to go back and forth and I'll keep score over here. And at the end of 30 minutes, we will see where we stand. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Yeah. I just cracked my bottle. Ooh, okay. Before we get in. Yes. Ab- oh, look so at I- that timing. I cracked. I told you I was gonna. I was be ready by the by the uh, hot seat. You did. I just didn't believe you. I don't know why. You've met me before. Yeah, it's true. Uh, this is a bottle that my buddy Jake bought me. Uh, he came over from Oklahoma and he brought me two bottles of these because you can't find them in Florida. You can't find them in most places. Uh, Weller Special Reserve, the Green Label Weller. It's their entry level bottle. It's a twenty five thirty dollar bottle that you can't buy anywhere. It's a weeded bourbon uh, from shocking Buffalo Trace, ha. and it's delightful. It is freaking delightful. It's also very smooth and not that strong. So let's go. All right. Toning things down. Every time you say how much uh, your whiskey costs you, I always mentally add about 40% to figure out what it would cost here in lovely Huntsville, Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> we we do love our sin taxes here. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's just call it what it is. But all right, here we go. Gentlemen, as I said, the timer will start after I read the first question. It's going to Chris. Chris, thanks to its most common host, the blood-sucking arachnid Ixides scapularis is more commonly known as the what? Can you read that one more time? Sure. Thanks to its most common host, the blood-sucking arachnid Ixides scapularis is more commonly known as the what? A vampire bat? It's a good guess. It's the, the deer tick. Oh, Ken, this one's to you. The popular web show, Easy to Assemble, is appropriately set at what distinctive retail spot? Mm. Hobby Lobby? Good guess. Ikea. Mm. Okay. All right, Chris. Which engineering feat was completed in 1990 when two men broke through a wall of rock, met, shook hands, and said, bonjour, and hello? What? (laughs) (laughs) We don't get to steal these, do we? No, you don't. I, I think I said, that's the funny thing. It's the luck of the draw. Engineering feat, 19, bonjour and hello. Uh, it's going to be something between French Canada and America, I would assume. But I don't know what it would be other than something to do with maybe, maybe it's a, maybe it's a, a dam over the uh, Niagara Falls. I'll go Niagara Falls. Oh, Chris, you had the wrong two countries. This was between France and England. It's the channel. Oh, ah, damn it. It's the channel. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> I'm done. That, that's all right. That was a, that was a weird, uh, interestingly phrased question. I'll put it that way. All right, Ken, this one's to you. Which mid-Atlantic state was the first to put its web address on its license plate in 1999? Mm. Oh, I hate this if I get this wrong. Um, Virginia? Good guess. It was actually Pennsylvania, just a little bit further north. All right, Chris, what budding method of gardening is done without soil? Oh, 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 it's the, um, oh, vertical, vertical. What's it called? I, I don't have it. It's it's vertical. It's it's on like a, like a trellis. It's uh, vertical gardening. I can't get it. <laughs> I have here hydroponics, hydroponics. Yep. <laughs> it's not on a trellis, but it's more of the yeah, yeah the yep, water yep. in and yeah. Yep. The, the the budding method was what I commonly associate hydroponics with. <laughs> anyway, Ken, this next question is to you. In 2011, Seth Rogen and Ryan Reynolds both played movie superheroes with what colorful word in their name? Uh green. Green is a correct answer. Cool. It's really funny watching y'all react to each other's questions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> And I missed the channel, so I have no one but myself. To play. Yeah, that's fair. All right, Chris, this one's coming to you. It's another color question. Which of these colors does not take its name from a gemstone? Aquamarine, periwinkle, or emerald? Ask a colorblind kid a colors question. <laughs> this is fair. Um, aquamarine, I'm pretty sure, does. Periwinkle. I'm not familiar with either of those on the elemental table. I'm going to go periwinkle, sure. And periwinkle is a correct answer. All right, Ken, which of the following birds is not named for the sound it makes? The chickadee, the robin, or the bobolink? Robin. Robin is a correct answer. Chris, what happy gas is used at the dentist and in pro-modified dragsters? (laughs) Uh, Nitrous oxide? Nos! Nitrous oxide is a correct answer. 
Ken, what metal was discovered by Hans Christian Orsted in 1825? Aluminum. Aluminum is a correct answer. I have here aluminum, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can just tell where that question came from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, chartreuse is a yellowish-green color that gets its name from a similarly colored type of what? Flower. Good guess. It's actually a liqueur. Ah, I knew that. <laughs> That's all right. These things happen. Ken, which infamous feathered ensemble worn by Bjork was displayed at the Museum of Modern Art in 2015? Hmm. Um, the Birdman costume? I don't know. Oh, you're, you're kind of on the right track. It's the swan dress. The swan dress. Okay. Not what I would have said at all. Okay. Nope. Okay. If you... If- if you've ever seen the picture of her wearing it, or if you watch that Oscars, uh, you, you will not have forgotten it. <laughs> All right, Chris, still popular today. C.M. Coolidge's famous paintings of dogs playing poker were originally advertisements for what? Cigarettes. Oh, I don't think I can give it to you. Cigars is what we're looking for. Cigars. Uh, no, you were no, right. You makes... were right there, but I don't think I can give that one to you. Sorry. I, I, I related it to smoking. I chose I think the wrong one. I want to propose a, a drinking game. Okay. Hold on. I'm curious. I'll pause the timer real quick. Yes, sir. Sorry. All right. So every time we get a what what would be considered the most common wrong answer, right? I think we take you know take a drink. I I I know Chris needs no second bidding, and uh, I'll just wait until after I'm done reading the question. That's not. He's not drinking. That's not fair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, rats! (laughs) My diabolical plot has been smoothed out. (laughs) We take we take any edge that we can when we're competing, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ken. This question is for you. Typically flavored with caraway seeds, which of these spirits derives its name from the Latin for water of life? Absinthe, aguardiente, or aquavit? Aquavit. Aquavit is a correct answer. That's a Latin question right there. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Chris, over to you. In 2011, TheOnion.com joked that what cereal was now being sold with 15% less leprechaun meat? Oh, <laughs> Lucky Charms. <laughs> Lucky Charms is a correct answer. Ken, your question. Starring Bruce Willis, the 2010 film Red, featuring CIA agents who features CIA agents who are extremely dangerous as well as what? Psychic. Good guess. It's the it's red R E D. It's retired and extremely dangerous. Oh, gotcha. Okay, Chris. Which residence of Jane Seymour, Henry the Third's third wife, gave its name to a best-selling book and a PBS series starring Mark Rylance? You mean Henry the Eighth's third wife? What did I say? Henry the Third. Did I just miss the V somehow? Yeah. Okay. I'm an idiot. But yes, Henry the Eighth's third wife. Okay. Repeat the the last part of that for me. I'm sorry. Yes. Which residence of Jane Seymour, Henry the Eighth's third wife? I probably said Henry the Third's eighth wife. <laughs> gave its name to a best selling book and a PBS series starring Mark Rylance. So I don't remember Mark Rylance being in it, but I'm just gonna guess Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey was a good guess, but incorrect. It's actually called Wolf Hall. Nope. I've never heard of it either, so it's okay. Ken, which one of these critters was added to Barnum's Animal Crackers per a 2002 consumer poll? The koala, the penguin, or the walrus? I'm going to go with the penguin. Good guess. It was actually the koala. All right, Chris. Ursus arctos horribilis is the scientific name for what kind of bear? Ursus arctos arctic polar? Good guess. I think the emphasis was on the horribilis part. It's grizzly bear. Ah. Ken, what is the name of the Japanese dish of sliced raw fish served without rice? Oh, boy. Uh, sashimi? Sashimi is a correct answer, and I always get that yeah. in nigiri mixed up. <laughs> well done. Chris, the award-winning AMC series Breaking Bad that you have famously never seen somehow except the last 15 minutes of mostly takes place in which Southwest city? Albuquerque. Albuquerque is a correct answer. Ken, in the quiz show Jeopardy, what is the second round of the game called? (laughs) Double Jeopardy? Ask this on a trivia show. (laughs) Yeah, right? Like... Uh, put another one right about there, belt high over the middle. You know, egg, egg, you know everyone everyone needs to get a, a gopher ball every now and then, right? Sure. All right, Chris. Here's one for you. Which Seattle Seahawk football player was voted by users to appear on the cover of the video game Madden NFL 15? NFL 15? Seattle Seahawk? Yeah. 
like Russell Wilson is the most logical choice, but has he been in the league and been popular for seven years? Oh, would have been Marshawn Lynch. When did he go there? I can't think of him there without Russell Wilson, so I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Good guess. It was actually Richard Sherman. Oh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, Russell Wilson, I think, came in in 2012, so he's definitely been around a while. All right, Ken, the next question is to you. The offices Pam and Jim famously got married at which tourist destination? Las Vegas, Niagara Falls, or the Grand Canyon? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is the correct answer. Chris, over to you. Into which body of water was it rumored that Muhammad Ali tossed his 1960 Olympic gold medal in anger? Um, He's from Kentucky. What body of water? Would it be an ocean? 1960? I don't even know where the Olympics were that year. Uh, the Mississippi River. I don't know. That's a, it's a fair guess. You were on the right track, Kentucky. It's the Ohio River. Ah. Uh. All right, Ken. In the 1997 film Donnie Brasco, Johnny Depp memorably explains the varied nuances of what mob phrase? Um, sleeps with the fishes. Good guess. It's actually forget about it. Forget about it. I've never seen that movie, so I'm, I'm almost inclined to just look up that clip because I'm curious. Chris, over to you. The classic game show, Press Your Luck, features an array of greedy animated gremlins known as what? Not the new version of Press Your Luck. The Press Your Luck now features a really awesome Elizabeth Banks in a terrible game show. Um, I have no idea. I'm sorry. Uh, Gizmo. Big money, big money. No whammies. No We're whammy. looking for whammies. Ooh. I've not seen the new version, but I'd be surprised if they didn't bring back the whammy. All right, Ken, this question is for you. Which Middle Eastern country will be the first to host the World Cup soccer tournament this year, 2022? Qatar. Qatar is a correct answer. Chris, on an old-fashioned rotary phone, what number requires the longest turn of the dial? Zero. Zero is a correct answer. Ken, which of the following is not a yoga pose? Kite, torch, plow, or chair? Um, I'm going to go with kite. Apparently kite is. The correct answer is actually torch. Oh, okay. But yeah, a lot of those, I'm not sure how they're yoga poses. Anyway, Chris, name the literary work that contains the following people. Tybalt, Benvolio, and Mercutio. Oh, come on. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo killed Tybalt. Romeo must not live. <laughs> Tybalt, killed, Tybalt killed Mercutio. He had it coming. All right, Ken, in the film Jurassic Park, where did the dinosaur DNA come from? The bellies of mosquitoes encased in amber. Do I get bonus points for the amber part? <laughs> actually, no, the answer that I have actually says mosquitoes preserved in amber. So you just get the one, but still, that is a correct answer. Well done. Sweet. Chris, Cash for Clunkers was a government program that encouraged Americans to switch to more efficient what? Automobiles. That is a correct answer. Ken, whose 1981 engagement ring, valued then at $47,000, is a 12-carat blue sapphire surrounded by 14 diamonds in a white gold setting? Princess Di. Princess Di is a correct answer. Well done. Well done. Chris, which body of water is shared between Switzerland and France? There's a body of water up there? <laughs> oh, I honestly have no idea. Um, it doesn't go that far, but the river scene. Uh, that's, that's a fair guess. Uh, Lake Geneva is what we're looking for. Lake Geneva. Ken, in 2013, a crater on the planet Mercury was named after which early 20th century master of horror? Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. Um... Wells? It's a good guess. I've never heard heard this before, but this is a cool fact uh, for me to learn. H.P. Lovecraft is the correct answer. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they were a little over halfway. The current score is Chris with 10 and Ken with 12. Ugh. So still anybody's game, still very close. Chris, the next question is to you. What classic play features a character named Giles Corey and his memorable last words, more weight? That I don't know. Um... So if it was Flowers for Algernon, it wouldn't be that. It also wouldn't be Flowers for Algernon. Um, Arthur Miller's the only thing coming to mind, so I'm just going to say Death of a Salesman. Right play, right wrong play. It was The Crucible. Oh, oh you were right. When you said Arthur oh, Miller. The crucible. It is The Crucible. Oh, my Lord. When you said oh. Arthur Miller, I thought you had it. Oh, so close. 
Oh, it's it's time. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ken, this next question is near and dear to my heart. Can you name three of the four ingredients found in beer? Hops, barley, malt, water would be the fourth, I guess. Barley, hops, and water are three. The fourth is yeast. Oh, okay, right. So, let's see. Uh, you said you said three. You gave me four, but you said three of them, so I'll give it to you. Oh, okay. Chris, what smart kitchen utensil developed by MIT in 2005 tastes your food using sensors to detect qualities like acidity and salinity? What? All right, I'll read it. You want me to read it again? Yeah, it's not going to help. All right. What quote-unquote smart kitchen utensil developed by MIT in 2005 quote-unquote tastes your food using sensors to detect qualities like acidity and salinity? The smart spoon. I don't know. And the smart spoon is a correct answer. Holy shit. Are you serious? That is 100% what I have written down. Yes, it is. Wow. Never heard of that, but Good work, cool. man. Nicely, nicely struck, Chris. Oh, Lord. Um, All right, Ken. In Slumdog Millionaire, what is the correct answer to Jamal's final grand prize question? Pie. Pie is an incorrect answer. I have Aramis written down. Okay. So it must have been a Three Musketeers question. I don't remember okay. the final question yeah. of the movie. But All right, Chris. George W. Bush gets his middle name Walker from which of his relatives? His father, Herbert Walker Bush. H.W. Bush is George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah, but he got the Walker from somewhere, too. That that's not what it asked. That, uh, his I, grandfather then is what I would assume. Well, but. it says paternal grandmother. Oh, mm, so if, if you would have said grandfather, then because <laughs> you're right, I, I that's a, that you're you make a very good point. He probably did get it from his father, but paternal grandmother is what I have. Sorry, I don't know. You gave me one that was kind of shady, so you can give him one if you would. I'd, I'd feel better about that. Yeah. All right. That's that's fair because he really did get it. I mean, his father's name was middle name was Herbert Walker. You knew that he got it from his father's side. So that's good enough. All right, Ken, this one's back to you. The name of a famous grocery brand, Spam, is a combination of ham and what? Species to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fantastic answer. It's actually spiced. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Spam stands for spiced oh, ham, apparently. Who knew? <laughs> we do now. <laughs> How the hell could you tell? <laughs> hey, right? All right, Chris, which silent film star's corpse was stolen and held for a $600,000 ransom a few months after his death? Uh, Chaplin. And Chaplin is a correct answer. Ken, in the 1930s, a hand-cranked pasta maker inspired Adolf Ainger to develop an early form of what office machine? Uh, Xerox. Copy machine. Really good guess. Uh, actually, a paper shredder. Okay. Chris, back over to you. In which country is Kronborg Castle, a Renaissance edifice built in the city of Elsinore, where Shakespeare's tragedy Hamlet is set? Uh, Denmark. Denmark is a correct answer. Can a Maillard, and I can spell it if you want, a Maillard reaction occurs when amino acids react with what ingredient, giving brown food its tasty flavor? Yeah, if you'd spell it, that might help. I don't yeah. know. Maillard, it's French. It's spelled M-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. Uh, the only thing I can think of is mustard. That's a, that's a good guess. Uh, sugar is what they're looking for. Sugar. Okay. I know nothing about cooking, so. Chris, this one's over to you. Nuclear reactors generate energy by splitting the atoms of which of these elements? Plutonium, uranium, or neptunium? Oh, God. So... In Back to the Future, Doc Brown stole plutonium. Is it plutonium or is it uranium? I'm going to cross out Neptunium. Um, I'm going to pray Doc Brown wouldn't get me wrong. I'm going to go with uh, plutonium. Unfortunately, I don't think Doc Brown was attempting to split the <laughs> split the atom of well, plutonium. Let me me. It was uranium. That's right. Neptunium is a real element, though. That wasn't just a planet's joke. No, it is. I I just didn't know if it was involved in nuclear. With yeah or anything go ahead all right ken and again i remind you these questions are totally random order but speaking of neptune how many times has neptune orbited the sun since its discovery in 1846 
185 or 170? And you put up the number one before I even finished reading the question. That is 100% a correct answer. Chris, back over to you. Derived from the name of an American Indian tribe, the famous prison in Ossining, New York is called what? Is that Sing Sing? That is Sing Sing. You are correct. Well done. Thank you, the producers. (laughs) There you go. Ken, in what film does Robert De Niro's character say, you, you, you're very good? Um, Devil's Advocate? It's a good, good guess. Uh, analyze this. Oh, sorry. I, think, I think it's when Billy Crystal's shrink finally like con- tricks him into confessing something or something like that. I don't know. been a long time since I've seen that movie. Anyway, <laughs> Chris, your question. Which company used the tagline imported from Detroit? Ford. Good guess. Wrong car company, though. It was Chrysler. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ken, what city in Greece is named for the goddess of wisdom and war? Athens. Athens is a correct answer. Chris, though her recent work is Christian-themed, what novelist announced in 2010 she was leaving Christianity? I honestly don't know. Um, they don't give you anything else, so... <laughs> Novelist, Christian, recent work is Christian theme, leaving Christianity. Uh, Stephanie Meyer. I have no idea. That's as good a guess as any. Uh, although, actually, I guess speaking of vampires, Anne Rice. Anne Rice is the Ooh. correct answer. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. W- would not have known that one either. So, All right, Ken. Which of these cities has roughly the same latitude as New York City? London, Cairo, or Tokyo? I think Cairo. I probably would have guessed something similar if I if I hadn't looked at the map ahead of this question, but it's actually Tokyo. Mm. Chris, in the classic Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoons, Rocky is what type of animal? Oh, man. He's a flying squirrel. He is a flying squirrel, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ken, it's luck of the draw. I don't understand. I'm just <laughs> <crazy> <laughs> <about> it. <laughs> All right, here you go. Philly locals order their city's signature cheesesteak sandwich, wit or wit out, what topping? Mayonnaise? Good guess. Apparently it is fried onions. and to, wow. With or without onions? With or without onions. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I've never had a genuine Philly cheesesteak sandwich. It's on my bucket list. Oh, they're good. All right, Chris. Which personality test would decide whether you're an ISTJ or an ENTJ? God damn it. <laughs> uh, one that I failed. <laughs> what is someone who's never been in my living room? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Cliff Clavin. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, the correct answer is Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs. I'm an INFP for what it's worth. An STFU. (laughs) Oh, hey, don't shoot the messenger, man. All right, Ken, this one's over to you. Emirates Airlines, the largest carrier in the Middle East, is headquartered in what city? Oh, no, no, no. UAE, Qatar? No, it's not Qatar. It's not, wait, stop. Um... Uh, Abu Dhabi? Ah, close. Dubai. Dubai is what we're looking for. Damn it, damn it. My Middle East geography sucks. Yeah, join the club, man. Me too. All right, Chris. How long are the Webby Awards acceptance speeches supposed to be? One half a minute, 60 seconds, or five words? (laughs) Oh, please tell me it's five words. It is totally five words. (laughs) I mean, with those choices, it sort of had to be, but (laughs) all right, Ken, in 1968, what star of planet of the apes turned heads with what's billed as the first ever human ape movie kiss? Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston is a correct answer. Chris, over to you. How many miles lie between the North and South poles through the center of the earth? 7,900, 10,900 or 13,900? I've always been a C student, so 13,900. It is actually 7,900. Okay. Yep. Like I said, C student. Yep. (laughs) Ken, which book about a bunny's bedtime was ranked third on Time Magazine's 100 Best Children's Books of All Time? Um, It's Good Night Somebody, but I can't remember who the somebody is. Um, I'm just going to say Good Night Bunny. Ah, you're you're right there. You're on the right track. It's Good Night Moon. Good Night Moon. Ah, sorry. Chris, which villain in The Walking Dead harbors a child zombie in his closet? Uh, the governor. The governor is a correct answer. 
Ken, over to you. Which war is portrayed in newscaster Bob Simon's book, 40 Days, which recounts his capture and torture at the hands of the enemy? Hmm. I'm going to guess the Iraq War. Can you be more specific? Uh, Iraqi freedom. That's the second Gulf War, correct? I don't. Under, under Operation, W? Yeah, Operation Iraqi Freedom was the that was, the one after Afghanistan. Yeah, that's what Not I thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. The correct answer is the first Gulf War. Gotcha. Okay. All right, Chris, we got a little over a minute to go. What art movement is Salvador Dali most often associated with? Oh, what is it called? What is it called? Surrealist. And Surrealist is a correct answer. He pulls it. One minute left. Here we go. Let's get through these. Ken, over to you. Far lighter than lead, what electron-rich metal does Chevrolet use for the batteries in its Volt car? Lithium. Lithium is a correct answer. Chris, containing a deadly toxin, the carefully prepared Japanese delicacy fugu is what type of animal? It's a blowfish. That is correct. Ken, over to you. The largest of all the parrots, the hyacinth macaw's plumage is what distinctive color? Uh, Orange. Good guess. It's a deep blue. It's a deep blue. Chris, eight plus danger packed days describes the 2010 DVD box set of the entire run of what TV series? Uh, 24. 24 is a correct answer. Ken, Grammy winning country music star Judith Newton rose to fame in the 80s with what nickname? Uh, Judy Blue Eyes. It's a good guess. Apparently, Juice Newton. Mm Never, never heard of it, but that is the correct answer. And that is time. Gentlemen, your hot seat round is over. Take a breath. How are you guys feeling? Uh, that was rough. Yeah, it was rough. There's <laughs> <laughs> no, no two ways about it. I did not get into, like, in a hot, regular hot seat game, like, you get into, like, uh, you can really get into a groove where you'll fire off, like, 10 out of 12, right? Yep. yep. There's no groove in this. You really have to fight through it. Ugh. The head-to-head aspect of it changes the dynamic because especially when you're in that situation where you've missed a few, but then the other person has gotten a few that you would have gotten mm-hmm. and it really messes with your head. At least that's, that's my experience. But gentlemen, you both did a fantastic job after the main hot seat round, our current scores, Chris with 21 and Ken with 17. So it is very much still anybody's game. And as I explained at the beginning, we are entering our final round, which is our wager round. So I'm going to read you three categories and you can wager as many of your points as you want across those three categories. So Chris had can wager up to 21 points and Ken can wager up to 17 points across all three categories. And the categories are as follows. The Grammys, sports films, and politics. And while you lock in a wager, we're going to pause for a quick word from our sponsor. All right, our next question in the category of self-care with products such as the lawnmower, the weed whacker, the crop reviver, and more. This company is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Oh, yeah, I, I can lock in. Chris is locked in. Jeff, go ahead and talk it out. Ah, Chris, yeah, you barely beat me to it. When I think of men's below-the-belt grooming, there's only one name I ever think of. Manscaped. Jeff is locked in with Manscaped. Chris, what do you have? Yeah, uh, I had Manscaped as well. I think this one's pretty easy. Um, I've used their Lawnmower 4.0, and I got to tell you, man, like this is a fantastic product. A lot of things that I love. I love the fact that it's waterproof. I love the fact that the ceramic blade actually feels good. Like there's no chopping or danger or anything like that. I love the feel of it. Um, and the thing that to me is like the most handy, and I love. I never thought I would have needed this in one of these, but. That LED light is insanely intuitive. Like, I, I never thought I would have thought I needed it, but it makes everything so much easier. So for me, I want a clean shave everywhere. Manscaped. All right. Both players have locked in with Manscaped as the best in men's below the waist grooming. And the correct answer is Manscaped. That's right. Manscaped is the best in men's below the waist grooming. And right now, listeners can go to manscaped.com and enter promo code PTE for 20% off and free shipping. That's manscaped.com, promo code PTE. Manscaped, join the over 4 million people who trust Manscaped with their goods. All righty. Wagers are locked in. And during the banter uh, as they were making their wagers, we found out that we got a little bit of a rivalry game on our hands. We didn't even know we had. We've got 
our own Chris Ligori, the Florida State Seminole, going up against Ken Brandt, a University of Florida Gator. Oh my goodness. That that just adds extra stakes to this wager round, I think. It's uh I am super excited to see how the oh oh he went over to get his Florida sweatshirt. Hell I yeah. love see, it. Here's Here's the difference, though, is that I still live in Florida. I don't need a sweatshirt, but once a year. <laughs> Y'all, you enjoy that. You enjoy the Florida sweatshirt. That's fine. Hey, I enjoy the fact that I no longer live in Florida. No offense. <laughs> damn. And, and he represents. It doesn't matter that we're recording this in damn near June. He is wearing his sweatshirt to support his team. That's it. We're ready. It's snowing up there still. <laughs> well, that might be true. <laughs> it's about 65 up here. Climate change for the win. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, as I said, wagers are locked in. Your first category is in the Grammys. The Grammys introduced the award for best hard rock heavy metal performance in 1989. Although the nominees included ACDC, Jane's Addiction, and Metallica, which not quite as heavy band ultimately won the award. Oh, I've heard this before. If you you know the answer, you can go ahead and say locked in. Yeah, actually, I'll go ahead and lock in. Okay, Chris is locked in, so you can, can uh, you can talk out your your logic, trying your thought process. I'm trying to think of who was doing really good stuff in 1989, and I'm having some trouble with that. Um, and that is the year, in fact, I graduated college. So you know, there you, you go. I would know those things. <laughs> um, okay. Um, wait a minute. What's the name of that band? They're like a one-hit wonder. Um, I'm gonna go with Midnight Oil. Midnight Oil is what Ken is locking in with. Chris, what did you lock in with? So I try to think of I try to think of bands that were like rock, but not like hard rock, heavy metal. Um, but like one that the Grammys would kind of instant put more towards that, and one that would be big enough to be back then and be in the same company as a Metallica. Mm-hmm. I went with Aerosmith. Hmm. And Chris locked in with Aerosmith. Unfortunately, gentlemen, no points uh, are being awarded here. Uh, I really liked the Midnight Oil guest, though, because that is around the time Beds Are Burning uh, came out. Yeah. So that would have been that that time. Uh, and Aerosmith, I think that would have been what uh, would that have been around Get a Grip time or maybe Pump? I forget. I always forget exactly when those came out, but it was around that. So both of them would probably have been in contention for some kind of Grammy Award. But the the actual answer, believe it or not, Jethro Tull. Wow. That's right. I have heard that Jethro Tull, the band most famous for featuring a flute. Won the and the original Grammy for best hard rock heavy metal performance. Supposedly, it actually is a fairly heavy album as far as Jethro Tull albums go. I've never listened to it, but uh, the beat out and Justice for All by Metallica. Come on, I don't, actually I, they might have been nominated for one. I don't know if that's an album or a, a song. But anyway, no points there. Uh, Ken, how much did you wager on that one? Zero. All right, Ken wagered zero, so no harm done there. Chris, what about yourself? Uh. Zero. And Chris also wagered zero. And Chris, I'm not super surprised at your wager anyway. So not a music guy. Wasn't hundred percent sure about Ken, but I do love that question. I thought maybe you would, you would have heard that factoid somewhere along the line. All right. Our next category, uh, hopefully maybe a little bit more in y'all's wheelhouse is sports films. Your question is what famous athlete has been portrayed on screen by both Holly Hunter and Emma Stone. I got a guess. Are you, are you ready to lock in, Ken? Yeah, I'm locking in. Alrighty. Chris, Ken is locked in. Talk it out. Uh, so I, there's not necessarily a way easy, easy for me to get there. Um, but I think, I don't remember Holly Hunter playing an athlete. Um, but there was a movie that came out moderately recently called Battle of the Sexes, which might have been Emma Stone. I'm trying to think of which female tennis player that would have been and when i think of female tennis players and who might be big enough to have more than one like appearance in a movie uh billy jean king's one that comes to mind so i'm gonna go billy jean king all righty chris is locked in with billy jean king ken what did you lock in with i went in with chrissy everett which i think is gonna be wrong with chrissy everett that's that's a very good guess. I did love Chrissy Everett, but uh, unfortunately, Chrissy Everett is not correct. And Billie Jean King is correct. Chris Chris getting the points on that one. Yeah, the... Um, was it Battle of the Sexes? What's that? 
was the, the was Emma Stone Battle of the Sexes? Yes, it was Battle of the Sexes with Steve Carell playing the Bobby Riggs character. Yep, that's it. And then Holly Hunter was in a 2000 and I think it was like 2001 movie. And it was called When Billy Beat Bobby or something like that. Oh. And Holly Hunter played Billie Jean King. And I think Bobby Riggs was played by Ron Silver. So okay. there you go. All right, gents, what was your wagers on that those particular question? That particular question. Thirteen. Thirteen? Mm-hmm. All righty. And Chris, what about yourself? Four. And Chris wagered four. Well, the game is not out of reach. Depending on how Chris wagered, it could very well come down to this last question. And a lot of these games so far have come down to the last question. And your last question tonight is in the category of politics. And maybe I should have called it political history. Either way, here you go. Presidential elections aren't a popularity contest, but I still have to ask. Other than Franklin Roosevelt, who was the only person to win the national popular vote in more than two presidential elections? Hmm. I got to get, I got to lock, I'll lock in what I've got. All righty. Ken is locked in. Chris, over to you. Talk it out. Yeah, so I know like just enough to be dangerous in this. Uh, that's the scary part. So <laughs> my head goes Teddy Roosevelt, but Teddy Roosevelt's first term, he wasn't president. He was vice president, and then he got a second term, and then he left it over to Taft, and then he did not like what Taft did, so he actually ran for a third term, but he came in second in that election, so it wouldn't be Teddy. Could it be Washington? Maybe there was a massive like write-in vote for Washington after his first two terms, and People weren't overly enthused by him. You know what? No shit. It's Andrew Jackson because Jackson out had had more than John Quincy Adams. So Jackson had the popular vote over John Quincy Adams, but it went to the freaking it went to the it went to Congress and they gave it to Quincy. And then he won two terms after that. Uh, Andrew Jackson. All right. Chris is locked in with Andrew Jackson. Ken, what did you lock in with? I kind of stopped thinking when I got around to Washington because <laughs> I was taking the same line. Maybe there's this hardcore base that you know, really wanted to see him run again, or so they voted him in anyway. So I, I'm going to stick with my what I looked in and say George Washington, although it sounds pretty wrong now that Chris has explained it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I am going to take a moment and look up the Andrew Jackson thing because now Chris has that. I do not have Andrew Jackson written down, but Chris does have me questioning the election. I know that election. It was the first election. John Quincy Adams. It went to the, it went to Congress and then they awarded it to Quincy and that pissed off Jackson. I think he got two straight terms after that, whether or not he won the popular vote in both those, I don't know, but I would imagine he did because he was wildly popular back then, but I'll let you research it. And you are actually correct. Okay, there have been, mm-hmm. there have apparently been two. And I was, I had bad information. Uh, Jackson did win the popular vote in 1824, but it went to the House and they gave it to uh, John Quincy Adams. And then he won uh, two terms of the presidency after that. So Andrew was Jackson. He, was he, but was he a popular vote winner in both those other ones? I believe so. Let me confirm that as well. All right. So he won it. Like I said, he won the popular vote actually pretty handily in 1824. Uh, He did win it in 1828. And if you'll allow me one moment to find 1832. It's between 28 and 36. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) And he did. And he did win it even more handily in 1832. So, yes, even though it is not the answer that I have, Chris, uh, I am awarding you points. Because uh, and I apologize for the the flawed question. I did not even consider that there was another answer. Uh, Chris, how much did you wager on that one? Oh, if, but before before we do that, uh, the answer that I had, and so there is actually three people that have uh, accomplished this is Grover Cleveland. Mm, of course, because oh, Grover Cleveland uh, did Benjamin win. Harrison, yeah, he did win the popular vote over Benjamin Harrison, who broke up his two terms. Mm, that's right. Yeah, but he lost in the electoral college. But Chris, you are still getting points. Uh, how much did you wager on that one? Zero. Okay. Mm. So Chris is going to finish with 25. Uh, it was 25 to four going into this this final question. I'm notoriously bad about announcing scores between each wager question. But Ken, how much did you wager on that one? I wagered four on that one. You wagered, wagered your final four. Okay. Yeah. 
So Chris, with a little bit of strategic wagering and uh, in a, in a final score that as so many of these do is not at all indicative of how close that game was. That was a lot of back and forth, especially during that hot seat round where mm-hmm. as I'm keeping score, I can see how, how much back and forth there is in that one. But with a final score of 24 to zero, Chris is the champion of this particular round of the pub trivia experience. Hot right, seat. This is one of the times you're going to see this buddy. Oh, oh, yes. oh, oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Oh. It's very racially insensitive, but I'll take it. Yeah, man. I, I had a masterful game in the end. It was great. I'm a big Braves fan, so I applaud that. I don't know yeah. why else you would possibly be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, that, that was a fantastic game. How are you feeling? Did you guys have fun? Mm-hmm. It was a good game, Mike. Hell of a game, my friend. Feel a little beat up, but I had, I had a good time get my ass handed to me yes <laughs> no 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 that like i said that was a, that was an incredibly close game and oh. some of the those quite the way those hot seat questions land sometimes is yeah. very interesting because <laughs> i it's fun watching you guys because i can see you guys squirming when the other one gets a question and you very clearly know and you're like come on what's going on yeah. <laughs> we we've all we've all been there man that's why we play as well as host all right that's fair all right, guys, we're, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up here. Uh, Ken, you had, writ- you had uh, written down when you enrolled for the trivia uh, tournament that you had something you wanted to promote. Go ahead and tell us about it. I do. Um, well, it's not the University of Florida. They have enough promoting they're doing all by themselves. It's actually the Robinson Planetarium and Science Center in a little town called Lumberton, North Carolina. Uh, we serve kids in our public school district and the region. We give them planetarium programs. They get to play in the dirt for a while and play in, you know, play in the Science Center. And learn some science. We sneak that in while they're uh, while they're having a great time. So um, the Robinson Planetarium, and if Chris, if you want to upload my, give you my website so you can put it up, stick it on social media. All right, thank you. Yeah, we will definitely we'll definitely do that. Where where is that located? Lumberton, North Carolina. Lumberton, North Carolina. That's right. You mm-hmm. did say that. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Really, is there a place on there to donate to it? To the planetarium the website. I've got the website up. Is there a place on there to donate to it so I can tell people where to go? Oh, that's a good question. I'll tell you what, um, a better website is the risingphoenix.org. Rising Phoenix? Rising Phoenix, all one word. And um, that's our community advisory board that that is promoting. We're currently in the middle of getting funds for rebuilding, so it's really nice timing. If you could promote that, that'd be great. No, perfect. Yeah, we'll definitely make sure to get both of those links up uh, great. When, when we post the episode. No, thank you for that. Awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna go on and actually make a donation to you right now uh, from me. Just, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing for the for the local kids. That's uh, yeah, in this environment, they could use all the help they can get. So Ab- absolutely. Yeah. So every once in a while, Florida Gator does good. <laughs> Just, remember that. Just remember where this came from. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> aye, aye. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that a Navy man I hear? Is that a well, Navy man? Navy man, you hear? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you for your service, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, I served in Jimmy Carter's Navy. So, yes, it was the, it was the peacetime. Where's the bong cruise? You know, yeah. <laughs> they just they just rolled in duck, uh, drug testing as I was leaving. That's all we're going to say about those early years. <laughs> thank God there was no YouTube back then. <laughs> Again, yeah. But still, thank you for your service. You, yep. uh, I know, Mike, you come from a, a military family. I come from yes, a, a little bit of a military family. Thank mm-hmm. you for your service. That sacrifice does not yep. go unnoticed. Sir. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. All righty. Well, let's wrap this up here from our end. If you like what we're doing here at the pub trivia experience and you want to come support the show, uh, come check us out on our Patreon. Uh, you can find us at patreon.com slash P T E B B that stands for pub trivia experience is the P T E and boozy bracketology. Our sister podcast is the BB. Uh, we do a ton of, we have several different levels of support that you can do. We do a ton of bonus content that you get as part of that, uh, support. Uh, we would certainly appreciate it. All of that, uh, those funds goes into getting us new equipment and things like that, that are going to just help us, uh, hopefully continue to improve the quality of the show. Uh, Chris won't let me use that money for buying beer, no matter how many times I ask. Oh, no, you can buy as much with duels as you want. (laughs) Oh yeah, no. That's not happening. Okay. Uh, but if you, but Hey, if you know, if, if you can't, can't support us over on Patreon, we totally get it. Uh, you know, time, times are hard for a lot of people right now still. Uh, so, uh, visit us at the lounge 
over on Facebook. It's called The Lounge for fans of pub trivia experience and boozy bracketology. Come say hi. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Tell us what we're doing right. Those, those don't happen as often, but we do love those. And if you really think we're doing a lot of things right, uh, if you could leave us a five-star review, that would be fantastic too. Elsewhere on the socials, you can find us at Pub Trivia Experience on Instagram, Pub Trivia Pod on Twitter because they won't give us enough characters. We're going to talk to Elon Musk about that in the not-too-distant future, but for the meantime, that's what it is. But that has been this episode of the Pub Trivia Experience Hot Seat Tournament. I have been your host, Mike. I've been Chris. And I'm Ken. <laughs> have a great night, everybody. Bye. You're like Chris is Chris is like me. He, he thinks he probably overthinks the wagers. I, I definitely do. I went to Florida State. I didn't think overthinking was possible. <laughs> Y'all overthink football. Oh, my God. Florida State, really? I'm playing against a knoll, says Gator. Oh, awesome. It's hot now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been nice and not said anything about Karen this entire time. Don't make me burn that bridge. Wait, 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 Ken. You're are you a UF? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Why the hell is he in this tournament? That's fantastic. <laughs> There's no handicaps allowed. <laughs> also, he called me bitch. <laughs> that was fantastic. I apologize. I'm oh, don't. No, 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 no. That was that was fantastic. I loved it.